Queer Cuz, a queer-ass Filipino get-together full of Filipino gays. I'm Dee, and here are the rest of my cousins. What up? I'm Elena. Hey there, I'm Angelica. And hi there, I'm Sarah. Welcome. So, episode number three. We've made it to episode number three. It's very exciting. And we're also filming uh, this episode during June, otherwise known as Pride Month. So I don't know if I've edited this uh, edited this in time for Pride Month. So uh, we'll see. We'll see when this episode comes out. But anyway, happy Pride Month to you, wherever you are. Um, how's everyone doing? I'm chilling. I just got out of um, school, so I'm in, I'm in summer mode. I'm still working, but um, it's been a lot more relaxing than the past few months have been. <laughs> Because you just come to the end of your second year of college, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that was my fourth semester, which is crazy because I still feel like a total freshman. I think COVID screwed up with screwed up my mind with all of this because I I like haven't been to a class since my freshman year, and now I'm gonna be a junior, mm. which is first year then third year. Hmm. Yeah, something about the pandemic, which is just messed with time in general. And I'm like, I think time is literally broken. I don't know what it's like yeah. for everyone else. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. How's everyone else doing? Well, speaking of time being broken, uh, my 29-year-old friend just turned 29 because uh, COVID year didn't count. <laughs> that makes complete sense. That is valid. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you, Angelica? Doing good. Just chilling, you know. It's warm yeah. here. It's so warm here. Yeah, it's pretty warm in the UK as well. Although I gotta say, it's probably like UK warm. So for California, this is probably nothing. You'd just be like, "What are you Brits complaining about?" Like that's <laughs> lovely, pleasant weather. The difference is we don't really do air conditioning here as like a thing at mm. home. So oh we God. should. I don't think I could survive without the AC. I I'm in Houston right now, and it has been like yesterday. It like started raining randomly and then all of a sudden it was sunny and 96 degrees and it it's bad. I hate it here. <laughs> Come on down to Illinois where we have that, but also worse winters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was always a thing I remember from visiting Chicago growing uh, like when I was a kid. It's like these extreme weathers. And I'm just like, how do you have both of these extreme weathers? Whereas the UK is like, it's like mild and then it goes to another kind of mild in comparison. It's just like, I can't believe how hot it used to get in Chicago and then the amount of snow I used to see outside. Like, how is, how is that possible? But we deal with, I mean, like the rest of the Midwest is kind of the same way. So like, yeah, Minnesota will also be like, guess what? It's 104 today. And then like six months later, be like, guess what? It's negative 50 today. I just want to say that I appreciate that we're having a weather conversation. This is uh, one of our great pastimes in the UK is to talk about the weather. So thank you for doing this for me. <laughs> Pride month. Pride month. <laughs> Woo. Um, Tonight, today, this month, we have a chance of rain and also a bunch of angry queers. <laughs> everywhere. Angry queers everywhere. It's everywhere. Like raining cats and dogs, but instead it's just mad queers. <laughs> on that note, let's go into the topic of today's episode. Um, so one of the things we've been talking about outside of recordings, but I think also inside recordings, is just kind of our experiences young, you know, when we were younger and coming to terms with identity, but also like those kind of early signs of like, well, what, well, surely I should have known then or like, no, but 
is this linked to like my identity? Is this an early sign? And it's something I've definitely been doing over the last year as I come to terms with my identity. Um, so being ace and um, yeah, and just realizing that actually I did have some early signs when I was a teenager, although I feel like maybe either mine or were more subtle or maybe it's more that than not, not having that knowledge of asexuality, I couldn't like connect the dots essentially. So I just wanna like just throw it out there for everyone here. Do you have a story that you would like to share about early experiences where you're like, maybe I should have known back then or was like a nice kind of funny early sign for you? So um, I, only, I have my very nice library behind me, but on the opposite side of that wall, it's just a wall full of manga and anime trash and like, me anime trash and so when i was growing up um i did a lot of cosplay watched a lot of anime a lot of super legal anime definitely not you know given to me on a cd by a random person all super legal anime um and so i did a lot of cosplay and i saw a lot of characters and i used to be like hmm, this feminine man, do I find attraction? And I always went, I find attraction. And eventually I went, no, wait a second. I want to be that man. And so it was this fun ride of being like, dressing up as these male characters all the, all the time at the conventions, being like, no, I just have like a really big crush. That I just want to be inside this man. And then I just kind of realized I don't want to be inside the man. I want the man to be on the outside of me. That felt really deep. <laughs> I, did. I love that. I was so imagining you like zipping yourself up and like the first thing. Just... <laughs> Hello, it's me. My hair is up to my ass. I used this to have is my gender hair. identity onesie. <laughs> oh, yes, an identity onesie. I used to have longer hair when I drew, dressed up as males than when I like went went around presenting uh feminine i'd just be like because i'd be like i don't want to deal with this hair and then like a wig i'm just like i only need to wear it for like 24 hours that i could just throw it to the back of my car this something i've kind of picked up um from speaking to other queer folk is how they've um doing dnd helped them found their identity and your story kind of reminds me of that like because you you do dnd yes yep yeah. Is that something that you found in your D&D as well? Or? So unfortunately, when I was younger, I had a lot of studying to do. And so I didn't really get to go to friends' houses a lot. So I went to one D&D session ever uh, where I played um, where I played a female. And so I, I mean, like, not really during that time. Like nowadays, like I like. I'm in four campaigns and I play everything from like, I'm going to say this, uh, I play a female British rock star. Um, just not, everyone makes fun of my accent because I do pretend to do an accent. <laughs> I feel like I need, you know, as a Brit, I feel like I need to hear this accent. Uh, can I put a, a, a spoiler warning and just be like, I'm not trying, I, I honestly tried the first time I ever did this accent and then everyone just made, just ripped into it so hard. And I was like, I hope this isn't a stereotype at this point. And like, she starts off Australian and then slowly gets British. <laughs> Cause she's like, so 
she's an anarchist British rock star uh, who turned into a vampire. And so, and she is the dumbest of all the characters. She constantly tries to drink nacho cheese through her teeth um, because she thinks that's how vampire teeth work. And she's just like, all right, guys, does anyone have any beer? And it's just like very bad. <laughs> oh my god! Don't trust the sun. Don't do it. And then and then I'll do a very yeah. bad song. It's just amazing. Oh, just wow! And I can see myself just get very bread on camera just because I just find that. Yeah, it's really bad. And then and then the uh. and then the, the game master also had to do a British person. And then she's like, all right, don't blame me for mine. This is making fun of D's accent. And I'm just like, you also just can't do an accent. Can't blame it on me. So story time. Um, when I was visiting D once in Chicago, we did a murder mystery uh with um his friends and um this involved impersonating different characters do you had an excellent accent I remember yours was hilarious um and I, I was meeting you know some of your friends for the first time the murder mystery ended and then they were talking to me afterwards and they were like wait you're actually British I'm like yes yeah this is what I normally sound like they thought I was putting on an accent and I'm like does this mean that I've lived my life with a fake British accent um and just speaking that way the entire time <laughs> but and it was just like absolutely like oh okay <laughs> so you're actually British like yes I am I promise I actually just I like last summer I wrote this ethnography about um <laughs> about uh D&D and how it is kind of like an identity playground mm-hmm. um I don't know I just thought it would be fun to mention because um it is kind of similar to, oh gosh, you're going to catch me forgetting her name, but the the one person in like any gender study, oh God, what's her name? Judith. Yes. Oh, are you going that down? Yes. Okay, Judith, Judith Butler. Butler. Okay. Um, that's the one. And kind of talking about how performing that identity um, gives you a chance to feel what it would feel like to mm-hmm. be in any specific identity um, and go through life as a person that you are not currently, um, which kind of frees you up to be, um, to become a new person and to create this new identity that you might feel better in, or you may not feel better in. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. I like D&D. D&D is fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like for my side, I, 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 I D&D at the school um, that I work for. Um, and so I, I will never forget the time the kid was like, you know, looking into, um, their identity. And so one day without telling me just yeeted their character into the ocean and then went, I have a new character now. And I went, sure thing, kid. Just yeeted the character into the ocean. Just like, <laughs> I'm taking this guy down. And I'm like, there's no, there's no enemies left. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bye kid. <laughs> Bye. Sure. Amazing. Uh, so Dee, thanks for sharing your story. Does anyone else have a story they would like to share? So when I was younger, I was a very avid reader. It's still kind of now, but in different ways. <laughs> but I uh, recently found out through TikTok and a bunch of other uh, social media that 
some of the books I read were, you know, signs that you were part of the LGBT community. And well, the first one, I the first one is pretty common, and that one's the Percy Jackson series. And you know, like the Greek mythology, all that, um, all that kind of yes. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really into Percy Jackson, and my favorite character actually is Nico D'Angelo, and he is um, a little skinny Italian boy who's very like son of Hades, kind of goth and all that. And then um, in the <laughs> in the second Percy Jackson series, he comes out as gay. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I chose a good character. <laughs> I chose a good favorite. Um, so that was my first series that I was kind of like, so yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe this was a sign that you were gay. And then my second series is a little bit more obscure. And I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And it is a little embarrassing for me to like talk about it. Um, but it's called Warrior Cats. You yeah. guys heard of it? Yeah, I, I never... <laughs> I was never into it, but I have definitely heard that from the community. <laughs> yeah. So oh if you guys don't know what it is, it's basically um, there's four clans of wild cats that live in a forest. <laughs> um, they each have their own little territories. They, you know, they have to like hunt for their clan and they fight other clans for territories, all of that stuff. I have four series of that book. I collected this until like high school, like really recently was reading it. <laughs> like in college, I would come home and I would reread some of these books just because I was like, I just wanted to reread them. And then, so yeah, I have, I still have those books and they're still sitting on my bookshelf right there. And it's apparently a gay thing fantastic <laughs> this is amazing I never do this this is amazing I just love the I... name warrior cats as well that's just <laughs> so good so good perfection like like I've heard like I've heard all gays love Greek mythology like I've heard that and like I like I'm also in that camp of just like all gays love mythology I have not heard of warrior cats I'm gonna bring out some, a few of the books just so I can show you what they look like. Oh yes, please. Yes, oh show and tell. <laughs> this was the first one that I ever got, and then this was so one of my favorite cats. Good. <laughs> this, is yep, this is this is it. As you can see, it's so worn out from all the times that I've read it. <laughs> I love that. This is this is so good. I've learned so much have- about you in these in these in these five minutes. I did have crushes on some of these cats, and so it is a little bit of a furry thing. <laughs> so. Yes. so this is also me it. coming out as a furry. No, thank you, guys. <laughs> you know, my friends try to make fur heads. Um, one, one of our student sisters has an Etsy for fur heads. Okay, I've looked up how much like fur like fur suits are cost. They cost like thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Not because not because oh I want to buy it, just because I was curious. Yeah, no, it's wild. <laughs> they have there is like the most wild furry thing I've seen is are were those were fake. These were fake because they were for the suit. AirPods for a fur suit, and they were I kid you not like at least like a solid grand, and they were just sewings of airpods to put into your into your fur head ears and my friend just goes why didn't i just do this with my livelihood 
just make hot air pods. I did hear that furry artists make a lot of money, so. They do. Hey. Career changing. Science done. No more of that. <laughs> Science done. For Step over. <laughs> I do follow this one because uh, I'm really, I got really into Furbies, like, again, recently, because I, I wrote that horror story about a Furby. And, like, I found this this person that does furry cryptids and terrifying fursuits. And I went, I should have seen this coming. I just like this tangent we've gone off. And uh, I'll be really interesting to see, like, Sarah, uh, editor Sarah is going to be dealing with this. Uh, (laughs) How do we we connect, um, like, Pride Month with, like, <laughs> fursuits and um, let me tell you and the weather and de- actually you know never mind it makes yeah, sense I was like <laughs> never mind, never you, mind. this is gonna be easy for editing Sarah <laughs> the Venn diagram for furries and queer is a circle yes <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like there might be a little like like this but it's <laughs> Yes. Fair fair enough. Elena, do you have a story that you would like to share? Absolutely, I do. Um, (laughs) So I I knew that I liked girls and guys from a super, super young age. Like, younger, I think, than most people. And I think I've talked about this a little bit before. But as soon as I learned the word... Um, like bisexual, but I, I identify as pansexual, but as soon as I learned the word bisexual, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm good. That's, that's me. Um, because it's just something that I'd always recognized within myself. So thinking about a story of like when I should have known sooner was kind of difficult, but we've been moving like our house and I found an old diary from when I was like in like first grade and my writing first of all, terrible. They should have given me like an F in writing class. Um, But all I could see were just like me going on and on and on about how much I loved my friends. (laughs) And it was, it was a little sus because it was like, I'm going to use a fake name. We're going to go with Jennifer. I would be like writing in my uh, diary being like, you know who I love? Jennifer. Jennifer's my best friend. I want to hug her always. <laughs> and I was reading it back and I was like, that is the gayest thing I've ever seen <laughs> right there. Um, but that, 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 that was kind of my experience of like when I should have known sooner. But I was like, I don't know how old you are in first grade. Young. Six. I yeah. know this because I work at a school. That makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> there was there were signs when I was like six years old. <laughs> So for me, I do feel like, as I said, I've had like very obvious telling signs. I think um, asexuality is a really interesting thing, which is kind of about like the, I don't want to say the absence of, because it's you're not, you're not, you, you're not, you don't have a loss of something, you know, uh, it's kind of just, yeah, if that makes sense. Um, but I think that's probably why the signs weren't necessarily super obvious for me. But one thing I do remember from growing up is how like, I was always about, oh, I really value personality and I don't really understand it when I've seen like these, t- I remember being at a camp and there was this, these teen girls who were flicking through one of those, the, the, you know, those magazines you had and they were like flicking through and going, 
oh he's fit oh yeah he's fit like that's our word for like good looking if that's <laughs> not if that's a British word um but and I just didn't get it I was just like I just I don't get it um and something I kind of then realized as I got older is people would have stuff like celebrity crushes as like a thing or like um and then I guess I one telltale sign for me is like the posters I had in my bedroom growing up so people might have like you know I remember let's say one of our cousins having a Backstreet Boys poster right Mm -hmm. and that's something that you might find in a teen girl's bedroom you may not but you might find like boy band posters and that kind of stuff I did not have that sort of thing I had pictures of planes like literally airplanes growing up because I was doing um, um, Air Force cadets at the point and but that just never really clocked to me about like well I kind of just put something up in my room but just kind of realizing that this was kind of the idea of boy band posters being a norm for others and why they might want to do that and I just don't I can't connect with that at all just yeah I can be like I can appreciate what somebody looks like and things like yes this person I think is a good looking person but then I just don't think any more from it and I feel like that to me is like very ace for me. <laughs> I remember being out with a friend um, on a night out and they said, oh, I really want to do X, Y, and Z to that person. And I'm like, really? You want to do what? Like, mm-hmm. I, and I just thought they were joking or over-exaggerating. I didn't quite realize that. I'm like, oh no, other people think this. I that, that, that was just, I still feel like Part of me still feels like um, when people experience sexual attraction like that, it's actually just a conspiracy and it's all a lie because I just, I find it really hard to actually just be like, that's a real thing. I'm like, no, I, I still, part of me still doesn't quite believe it. Like you could just <laughs> see someone on the street and be like, yes, I will have sex with that person. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? I just, yeah. So I think it's when you hear, like hearing those kind of things that kind of got me realizing Maybe I'm not experiencing the world like everyone else seems to be. I don't know. But yeah. I love the idea of the, not the homosexual agenda, the sexual agenda. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, uh, so the word for it would be the allosexual agenda. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Something... I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, the word for oh. somebody who's not ace is allosexual. Learning new things. Yay pride. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is as well as being an entertaining podcast, we uh, aim to educate, I guess. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like trying to remember my room. That was just like, what did I put in my room? And I was just like, ah, yeah, 2D anime men. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I also was never like attracted to like real guys because I was just like, eh abs i guess like yeah like women like real life women yeah real life men yeah <laughs> 2d men Lo- all love about those, that hisbondo life <laughs> all about the hisbondo life <gasps> my my room when i was young young was like like it was like light purple and it was like all my furniture was like fairy princess butterflies and then all of a sudden I became emo and (laughs) and I was like none of this and then I got all black furniture which I still have to this day like it's in (laughs) it's in my apartment got all black furniture I painted my walls gray and I was and I had like legitimately zero 
like decoration anywhere on the walls. It was just completely blank. And I, I don't know what that was. I just had such a strong aversion to the color purple and the color pink. After that, I was like, none of this. None of this. <laughs> oh my God. You kind of had me as, oh, my room was purple. I was like, ooh, yes, I approve of this. And then, but then I got rid of the purple. I'm like, purple, purple. Yeah, for my entire like teenage life, I um, had the biggest aversion to purple because of that room. (laughs) My high school colors were purple. And yeah, and so that was a nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare. I vaguely remember teenage Elena. Yeah, teenage Elena. Yes, I remember. I I remember the start of teenage Elena. It's like, oh, it started. <laughs> I just remember. <laughs> yeah, I. My well, is now. It wasn't that long ago. I legitimately <laughs> just turned twenty. <laughs> We're all like, I remember teenage Elena. Elena, that was two <laughs> the years majority ago. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was in town today because uh, my town had its pride pop-up shop come. It's touring around the area. So I bought a load of things, including this uh, rainbow water bottle, which is keeping me hydrated. Thank you. Um, And uh, on the way to the shop, I saw these teens walking around with uh, these pride flags, um, their pride flags uh, wrapped around their shoulders. And it was just... Oh, it was so adorable. Actually, just watching them a little bit made me feel a bit like warm and fuzzy and a little bit emotional because I was just thinking about how, you know, obviously we have, a you know, more to go, you know, way to go still, mm. but just how much has changed and what pride might mean for them, you know, being able to do that around town now, whereas growing up, I wouldn't have seen that. Uh, I wouldn't have seen that at my school. I wouldn't have seen that around my town. So just to see something like that was just, yeah, really, really nice. So just to kind of finish off the episode, I'd like to find out a bit more about how you feel about pride and what pride means to you. Um, For me, I think in the past, pride hasn't really meant as much to me because I didn't have very many queer friends. I had a few, but um, it was kind of just like a more, I I was out to pretty much everyone. like especially in middle school, high school, I was out to pretty much everyone, but it was it was a more kind of silent part of my identity. Like it was there and everybody knew it was there, but we didn't really talk about it that much. And so I, I never really felt like I wanted to celebrate it because it just felt like a normal thing, uh, which is, I don't know, it, it's weird. Good and bad, good and bad things about that, but, um, this month I am like really excited about it for like the first time in forever. Like I've, I've never owned like any flags before. I've never owned any, like any like pride stuff. So I I got like a little flag once and I, that's just like the only thing I ever had for the longest time. Um, And yeah, but this, this month uh, I had a few friends come out to me and that was awesome. And um, I made new friends in college and a lot of them are queer and it's, it's really awesome. I don't know, it, it's fun to celebrate with people who um, like get it, you know? Uh, and so I, I'm really excited about it for the first time in forever. And that's, that's how I'm feeling. My, my friends lovingly call this month Wrath Month 
um, because we're all so angry about what this month has become. Um, you know, like cops at pride and, and all this capitalism and corporation stuff. And like, cause we're, cause you know, me and my friends and I are, you know, we're gay year round. And so we're just kind of like, oh, it's time for Rolex to pretend to care about us uh, or, you know, someone who supported a turf to, 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 to have a trans underwear line. And so for me, Pride Month is kind of a schlug. Um, and, and I hope that with all this stuff and with the internet, uh, we are kind of louder. I've seen at least a lot of more people calling out these corporations, calling out um, these places that pretend or like, you know, like, like, uh, like one of the, the bigger names, like, actually, I shouldn't probably say their name, but like, you know, like, like movie companies changing their, you know, their logos to these rainbow flags, and then just like, kicking out like, you know, like trans animators and stuff like that. And it's just like, we know you don't care about us. Stop doing this crap during Pride Month. This is our month. Get out. And so that's unfortunately how I feel about Pride. I love being gay and queer. Um, it's just, I feel like just too many outside organizations and, and people who are actually allies or queer have just started just coming into this month like they belong here. But I am glad that there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people are happy about it. I am glad that a lot of queer folk who aren't as dystopian as me uh, feel joy from this month though. It, it does make me very happy that a lot of people can, can be out now because, you know, when I was a 14 year old teenager during pride month, I, I was banned from talking to my, to, to all my friends who were girls. So. I feel like I'm kind of more of the middle ground between Alina and Dee and kind of how they're feeling. So on one hand, I completely understand what Dee's talking about with the corporations and all these people trying to come into pride. Um, I do call out some of these companies for having ugly ass pride merch because no gay, no rightfully gay person will buy your merch because that shit's ugly. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> You can just say Target. Yeah, to you, Target. <laughs> I've seen so many people talk about the Target Pride collection and the, the suit. Yeah. Oh, the suit. It looks like Party City. <laughs> Go back to Party City, Target. Oh my god. Anyways. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah it's a little, any self-respecting queer person will not buy anything from Target like that. <laughs> uh, but then on the other hand, on like Elena's perspective, it's, it is nice to, as someone who has not been out for super long, and I mean, for me, I think it's become part of my identity only for like the last two years that it's been, I've actually been like super out about it. So it's kind of been nice to actually, you know, actually get a celebrated and hey, this is part of my identity that I can be proud of, you know. And also I'm really excited because a lot of uh, pin, uh, pin artists have been posting like their pride collection, like the pride collection pins. And so I'm just like, I'm going to buy a bunch of those pins to, this month. So uh, does anyone have any queer owned businesses that uh, you would like to actually uh, that you've bought from in the past or that you would you think is really cool that you would like to share? 
I, I'm excited to hear what, what you have to say. I'm I'm quite new to um, celebrating my identity, so I wanna I wanna hear this. This is exciting. <laughs> so um, the two I could I could suggest they're both clothing because um, I do a lot of clothing stuff. Um, one is Clammy Heart. Um, I believe she um, does a lot of embroidery type stuff, and they're coming out with Pride cardigans, which by the time this drops, unfortunately, will probably be sold out. Um, but they might do it again, and I will drop the link for my cousins um, because I believe all four of us are have cardigan ribbons. If you want to check those out, um, so yeah, so Clammy Heart, um, and then Hard Decora, uh, who um, who is Ace and does um, Decora fashion. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually I like collecting enamel pins as well, and one of them ones that I've been keeping my eye on for this month is called Paws of Pride. And so they're coming out with like a collection of like cute little animal like pride pins and all the animals have like the specific colors of like the flags and they're like different animals for like each one. So I'm like, I'm really excited to see um, which ones come from that one. And then the other one um, I like is Witch Visions on Instagram. So uh, she's, I think she's Ace. Uh, I mean, yeah, she is Ace. And she has a lot of like witchy pins that I really like. And I recently uh, did one of her Kickstarters for a witch like eat a, eat a bag thing. So going to hold more pins for that. <laughs> so excited for that. Awesome. Like Elena, like there's so there's so many options that you, you've got. Um, so yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited to be excited about it. <laughs> I guess so we go over to me to talk about what uh, Pride Month. I guess um, I guess one thing we kind of highlighted there is just a number of like um, things we can buy out there that is uh, very like Pride themed and how like so kind of just to echo what everyone sort of said about that kind of raise invisibility sort of thing. I think it's been a good thing, but I also like agree with like kind of the not so nice side of Pride, like what Pride Month can has also become like in terms of the a corporate aspect. I guess one other thing I did want to add to this, which I feel Pride Month is about, is that, yes, there's a celebration aspect. And I love the fact we're able to celebrate ourselves. And I even find it as an excuse to kind of talk about being ace as well, because otherwise it kind of I kind of feel like hmm, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this all the time and I'm going to become that person on the Internet. And at least with Pride Month, I'm like, I have more of an excuse <laughs> to do it and feel a bit more brave about doing it. But which leads into the other thing that I feel is really important is the advocacy aspect and what do we still need to change? So for ACES, for example, um, so conversion therapy is still legal in the UK, but the people who are most likely to be offered conversion therapy are asexual people out of all the different sexual orientations. And um, we often can be hidden a little bit like that, but it's, uh, luckily I was able to see that uh, through the discussions of the community, but also through a survey um, done by the UK government, I think it was 2017, 2018 as well. Um, so things like that, um, thinking about um, LGBTQ plus uh, inclusive healthcare as well, and also just the normalization like the normalization of asexuality, but also aromanticism as well, just how society is so much set up for, um, you know, romantic couples to get married and all that kind of stuff. Um, and how like things can be so much set around that and just trying to like say, no, this is not the only type, like, like not everyone will want that and be like that. Um, and just as say, trying to like get away to like, and show like different ways that people can be, if that makes sense. Um, 
So I, I feel like that's only a little bit about what I feel is needed for, let's say, the ACE community. Um, um, and also for the Aeroman, like, I can't speak about the aromantic community specifically as somebody who's not uh, um, aerospec, um, but it's some of the things I do see discussed because there's some people who are ace and aero, I should add. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a really important part of Pride Month for me mm -hmm. as well. But I was really interested in seeing what everybody did say because I am somebody who is much newer to the community. So for me, I'm still figuring out what pride actually means to me as well. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm kind of a bit of everything, but I still feel like I wanna learn from others about what pride means to them, especially thinking about our queer elders as well. And um, that's, I feel like another thing we need to like, remember queer elders, remember the activism, the work they did before us and our queer history, I think is a really important part of Pride Month as well. So anyway, yeah, hello, there was my TED talk on <laughs> what Pride Month means to me, which also is a, I still don't really know either, but it's just kind of a mixture of everything really. Thank you for joining us for hopefully out in June Pride Month episode. Uh, this has been Queer Cuz. Um, stay fresh, stay happening, stay family. Amazing. Bye, everyone! Bye. Bye. <laughs>